Welcome in, everybody. 5280 Sports Network, 5280sportsnetwork.com. Jake Marsing and Ryan Green once again here in the parking lot of the UC Health Training Center following yet, Ryan, another Denver Broncos loss the day after uh, the New England Patriots come into the mile high. The defense does its part, holding Tom Brady to less than 200 yards passing, zero touchdowns, and just 16 total points. But the Broncos offense, Ryan Green, only able to hold, only able to put up, excuse me, three lousy points. Three lousy points. That is one more than there are in this car, Ryan. <laughs> there are two people in this truck, one more, and we'd have as many points as the Broncos did. That is a joke. Yeah. I was and it's at the starting game, to show today. I was at the last game where they only scored three points, and it certainly felt the same. When was that? That was when a man named Tebow was quarterback. Oh, was that, uh, that Kansas was, City? That was Kansas City. A lot of us have repressed that memory. And you remember, we all thought of that. I remember that game. Everybody thought that was the low point of the Tebow era, scoring only three points. <sighs> Yet I come in here today, Ryan Green, and everybody and their dog from, you know, every beat writer in town wants to tell me about how Trevor Simeon played a great game yesterday, They and they only put up three points. I'm like, what are we talking about? This is insanity. We'll get to it here in just a second, but yeah, uh, yesterday I went to Sports Authority Field a mile high, I sat at my little seat in the press box. Oh, you were I in the ate, press box? I was in the press box. You didn't box. freeze? No, I was very, very nice. nice. It was very warm. I ate free spaghetti. Oh, it was spaghetti with, day? Spaghetti uh, with meatballs and sausage and some Alfredo, and they had pizza at halftime. It was a big old carbo load up in the Broncos press box. Well, thanks for the uh, invite there. Hey, you know, you're welcome to submit an <laughs> application anytime. They'd probably get you in. Um... But yeah, Ryan, it was a, uh, I'm trying to describe my emotion during that game. There, Truthfully, there wasn't a lot of emotion, because I'm not rooting for either team. I'm not, I'm just, I'm watching bad football, and it's frustrating, and it's awful, and it's horrendous, and I'm trying to tweet out suggestions and thoughts and little things that come out of my small, pea-sized brain, and I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of done Ryan Green. And you know who else is kind of done? These Denver Broncos. Oh. We're kind of done. What damn. Was your, what was your take on what you uh, on that atrocity <sighs> yesterday? It was disappointingly expected. We have been talking all year, what are the what does the offense have to do? You know, well, you know, they got a they got a block on the offensive line. They got to run the ball more. They can't leave it up to Trevor Simeon to win the game for them. And in a game that I thought, looking at it, the Broncos had some favorable matchups. And if I told you it was 10-3 to at halftime, I think you would have said, hey, the Broncos actually have a good chance at winning that game then. And so it was just a culmination of all of the season's disappointments in one game. Uh, giving up on the run early after the first two carries, you get more yards than you did the whole game against the Titans. You leave it up to Trevor to win the game for you. And, uh, you know, uh, many people have sheltered Trevor. Maybe it's because he's a seventh-round draft pick underdog that people think that they saw him in the preseason and they saw the special quarterback that he could have been. Uh, but if you boil it down, Trevor's interception was probably the biggest play of the game. It it was their best drive of the game. It They could have gone up. By at least three, they could have taken the lead. Yeah, you, you have three points was, in your pocket at that and point in the lead. It was 
it was an interception that was entirely his fault. I don't remember the offensive line being in his face. I don't remember him getting well, hit on I that throw. I broke it down this morning. He threw a bad pass. And so I think you're right. I think people see Trevor not making a ton of mistakes, not making a ton of exciting plays and saying it's not his fault. The offensive line, the running game, they're bad. I am going to say Trevor Simeon has not a big part, but he has a part in why the Broncos' offense has been terrible. I think he has a big part. I, I broke down the interception this morning. Let's let's talk about that specific okay. play. A I know you have bit. some thoughts about it. But I got to pull up the image here. Um, here I'll show you. And you can, for those listening, you can go to my Twitter account at Jake T. Marsing. I tweeted it out earlier this afternoon. I might mm-hmm. pin it. So what you see, yeah, the pockets may be pushing him a little bit, but it's. Yeah, he got good protection right throughout the day. So Emmanuel's up top here. He's in one-on-one coverage. Not even the, looking at the ball. Nope, not looking for the football. Does not expect the football because look what and Demarius not Thomas not open is. either. That's the nope. biggest issue I had. He was not open once. And look what Demarius Thomas is doing. Oh, DT he's... is streaking across the middle of the field towards open ground past the sticks. Is that Cody or Jordan Taylor? That's Jordan Taylor for what would have been a first down. And uh-huh. you see Jordan Taylor is turned toward Demarius Thomas looking like, looking like he's ready to block. This mm-hmm. play is set up for DT. And Trevor instead goes to... Uh, Emmanuel Sanders throws a bad pick that winds up potentially could have been at six points, but it's instantly at least at and they and the Patriots wind up getting seven points on that. Uh-huh. By the way, that is a fourteen point swing potentially. Yeah, you had a chance to go up ten three against the New England Patriots and you throw the game away. And folks, I have seen this. It hasn't always been on turnovers or interceptions, but I have seen these things from Trevor mm-hmm. Simeon. Over and over and over and over and over again. And yeah, people will tell me, oh, you know, he's, he's a young quarterback. He's got a learning curve. You did not, you didn't go with Trevor Simeon to go through a learning curve. Right. You went with Trevor Simeon because he thought, you thought he was your, the better of your two experienced right. options. The guy you could have gone through a learning curve with was the guy you invested a massive amount in. Mm-hmm. Your 26 overall pick who you traded up to get out of Memphis and Paxton Lynch who has Hall of Fame physical talent and just has to be, for crying out loud, let that kid off the leash and let him play. Yeah. Instead, we've gone through this entire season watching this team try and, and go through the ups and downs of a young quarterback learning when ultimately this guy is going to wind up being a footnote in the history of the Denver Broncos. I am not I am more convinced of that than I have ever been. And Ryan, as you could tell, we just shot the game recap video a second ago. I'm angry about it. You're fired up, man. I'm fired up because I hate watching bad football. And I hate watching great players, especially on the defense for this team, struggle the way that they right. have in terms of having to, to carry the load oh, for this abysmal offense. Chris Ayers said yesterday in an interview with CBS4, shameless plug, uh, that that was the best they've ever played Tom Brady. And I can't disagree with them. Also kind of in front of everyone in the press, but right. yeah, CBS had it. I, See, you know, you know, whatever. It was on CBS and every other station in my reporter. Whatever. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, no, like you said, and, and here's what I had always said. So if you thought, like you had pointed out, if you thought Trevor was going in because he's more of a veteran presence than Paxton Lynch. What <laughs> right? the hell are you smoking? Right. Okay, so if he's that, then he should be held to the same standards that Mark Sanchez would have been held to. And if Mark Sanchez threw that pass yesterday, he may not have been able to get into the building today. There may have been a line of people out here trying to stop him. They would have called for his head weeks ago. So, I, I think that's the, the, the whole paradox of this entire quarterback situation. 
what were you expecting from a guy who had never started and was a seventh round pick that you wouldn't have gotten from the first round pick that it had never started? You, I, I don't see why the expectation was so different for each of them. I, I understand, I guess, that Trevor at the beginning of the season was possibly the better start at that moment. And I think the first four games really bought him some credit because the last 10, they've been four and six. And I think that was the that was the team everyone thought they were going to kind of be as an 800 or sorry, uh, an eight and eight, 500 team. And they may get into the wild card because the defense is still really good, but the offense is still a question mark. Yeah. And so here we are. Everything's played out kind of the way we've thought it, but people are still kind of we've, I don't know, shocked about we've it. We've gone in this massive 360 degree circle, Ryan. I feel like we're still litigating. God, you know what? You're, you're convincing me more and more that this was a wasted year. It like, the feels, more I think about it, the we're more having the I, same I friggin' conversations yeah. we had That's in training exactly, camp. And you're right. And so, how can you tell me this was a good year for the Denver uh, Broncos and that starting Trevor Simeon was the right call? When we're having the same friggin' debate we had in August, and it's yep. a few days before Christmas. Mm. This is ridiculous, Ryan. It's insane that this team went down this road. It was a wasted season if they wind up missing the playoffs because you didn't get anything from the from the player you drafted with the number one overall pick for your team with the 26th overall pick in general. And that is a failure organizationally from your coaching staff. That's a failure of your coaching staff to not trust him to run a offense. It doesn't have to be your system, mm -hmm. but just trust him to play for crying out right. loud. And people want to say, well, mate, well, it shows you what they think of Paxton. No, it doesn't. I, a few yeah. weeks ago, I heard Gary Kubiak say he thinks that kid's going to have a hell of a career. I agree. He's got a Hall of Fame physical talent. And they have not, at any point this season, whether it's in training camp, in OTAs, well, not OTAs because he wasn't out here, but in training camp or in practice since the regular season began, given him a genuine shot to either compete for the job or win the job. He was given, how, you remember how many reps he got with the ones in training camp, Ryan? Oh, gosh, it wasn't a lot. It was two. <laughs> he got two reps with the with the ones in training camp. Ooh. The, and they and people want to tell I me bet he, he made the most of those. And people want to tell me he didn't win the job. He wasn't given a shot at the job. All right, so can I put my tinfoil hat on for a second, then? That's a good music cue. All right, so Some let me run down Broncos a Blitz. scenario. Uh, John Elway knows what he didn't like his rookie year as a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Maybe he saw in the preseason. You know what? This offensive line is atrocious. And you know what? I don't want my young guy getting hit constantly because that's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to hold on to the ball. No matter how good your offensive line is, your young guy's going to get hit because he holds on to the ball. Most rookie quarterbacks do that. So what if Trevor was put in there as a crash test dummy and Elway saw, you know, we've got a lot of money for salary cap next year to get some offensive linemen help. Maybe we just put Trevor back there as, like I said, crash test dummy. And we keep well, Paxton's at least confidence up rather than, I'm going to get hit, 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 I'm going to get hit for the rest of his life. Well, if that was the plan, it's a dumb plan because the oh, free agents... I'm not saying... Because again, the free that's a tinfoil hat thing. Well, also because the free agents that are available on for offensive linemen this season are terrible. It's like it's Matt true. Khalil and... 
like a 75-year-old Andrew Whitworth and some some god-awful players. This team is in and that was their plan. They need to reassess their plan makers. But I think the I think your point in general is understandable mm-hmm. because this Broncos team has they're just they found themselves not just at a crossroads of the season. Forget about this season. It's over. This season is uh, barring really a surprise. Because I would not pick. I'm not going to pick them to win either of the next two games. I'm certainly not going to pick them to beat Kansas City no. on the road on Christmas night. <laughs> Prime I, time. I, no I'm way. I'm not going to pick them to do uh. that. By the way, a way to subject America to the on Christmas Day to the national the tragedy that is the Denver Broncos <laughs> offense. Good God, uh, I feel sorry <laughs> for the rest of America. Nice lump of coal in everyone's stocking. Um, and it. it We've gone in this 360-degree circle, Ryan, and, and you and I have talked over and over again about the quarterback situation, about where things sit. Um, but I, I think I think we've touched on that enough, and we can only beat a dead horse so long. Everybody knows where I stand. Everybody knows where you stand. Yep. Let's talk about some other things out of this game. Okay. The, the first surprise that came that that came yesterday was the decision that Gary Kubiak made to sit punt returner Khalif Raymond, uh, make him, not just sit him, but make him inactive and go with Jordan Norwood. And sure enough, Ryan, the second, the the second Jordan Norwood gets a shot to touch the football on the first punt return of the game, it goes right through his hands. He muffs it. The Patriots pick it up. They get three points out of it, and it winds up instantly. Gary Kubiak's got egg all over his face. You know how I feel about Khalif Raymond and his yeah. abilities in this offense. I sat down with Khalif briefly today uh, in the locker room. I wanted to get his thoughts on on Jordan and and kind of when he found out he was going to sit and all those things. And I, I sat down with him, and here's just. Oh, here's actually. I'll go, let's we'll play the whole thing. It's only about a minute and a half long, so okay. we'll play the whole thing. Here's my conversation with uh, Khalif. So, obviously, probably frustrated a little bit yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did they tell you that you were going to sit? Uh, I mean, it wasn't until kind of late in the, in the week. I think it wasn't. It wasn't like I kind of had a hunch. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really don't know when the decision was made. Got to be a little bit frustrating, right? You see. That first punt come down, Jordan puts it on the turf, it winds up on the turf, whether Jordan put it there or not. It's got to mm-hmm. be frustrating for you a little um, bit. I mean, in the sense, but at the same time, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, that's I watch everything he does. I watch the, the plays that he makes. I mean, that's my mentor. So any decision that he makes and how it goes, and that's probably the best outcome that could have happened because he, I mean, that's any. I watch everything he does. So, I mean, you, you can say it's frustrating, but, I mean, that's a great returner. So, I mean, anything he does is the best thing. Guys, all of a sudden your backs are against the wall uh-huh. a little bit. How do you go from here? What do you have to do? Um, I mean, it's something that, that, that uh, Coach Kube was saying. A lot of the guys say, I mean, it's a character thing. You got, you go out there, and you no matter what happens, no matter what the outcome is, what the potential outcome is, you go out there and play as hard as you can and work as hard as you can like you have been the first uh, weeks of the season. So go out there and just can, can do the same thing we've doing, prepare the same, with, the same, with the same intent that we have and just keep going. So generally, Khalif, you know, very deflective, very, oh, you know, Norwood's my my mentor, my, you know, all this and all that. But he'd be lying if he wasn't frustrated. I mean, he'd be crazy be if he wasn't frustrated seeing that. Um, that whole team is frustrated. Russell Okung also spoke 
By the way, what a terrible signing. Both of those guys, Stevenson and Okung, have both been awful. Um, Ryan, the conversation that I think is happening internally that kind of is bubbling to the surface, and I've been talking about this since I looked it up today, February 28th of 2015, Ryan, last year, nearly two years ago. I wrote a piece when I was at Scout.com asking the question, does John Elway really know what he's doing? And I laid out all these things that I saw that worried me. His his abilities as a draft evaluator. Monte Ball, Vincent Painter, Brock Osweiler, the long list of miss after miss after miss that the John Elway had gone through. The way that the teams were constructed, how fragile it all seemed to me because it all seemed the success that the Broncos have had in the Elway era all seemed to be entirely essentially dependent on the signing of Peyton Manning. Without Peyton Manning, you don't get DeMarcus Ware. You certainly don't get Emmanuel Sanders. You don't get T.J. Ward to keep to leap. All of those things, all the things that John Elway should be heralded for were entirely dependent on the signing of Peyton Manning. Should Elway get credit for that signing? Absolutely he should. In large part, the reason Peyton chose to come here was because not just of who John Elway is, because of how John Elway sold the organization to Peyton. He did a great job on that front. But that was the the one piece, right? The one center block. And I asked the question in that piece, and I posted the link on Twitter today. You can go to my account again, at J.T. Marsing. When you pull that piece out, does the whole thing come crashing down? And I've always believed that you would only be able to evaluate John Elway as a general manager after Peyton Manning left. And we're starting to see that. Ryan, when I wrote that piece in March of 2015, I got death threats. I'm not exaggerating. People said they wanted to beat my ass for, for criticizing King Elway and Teflon John. Uh I have seen more people in the last 24 hours ask the same questions that I was asking more nearly two years ago than I ever thought possible. What's your take on, on Elway, the general manager, in light of what's gone on this season? I can see why the sheen is wearing off. Um, you know, you, you talk about once you take away the piece that Manning was. Well, you know what? That's Peyton Manning. That's a large piece. You know, it's not like you're taking a a good quarterback away. It's not like you're taking Joe Flacco or like Carson Palmer away. Good quarterbacks, but not the best. Uh, Peyton Manning, elite, Hall of Fame, arguably best at his position to ever play. That's a big... You're going to miss that, and you're going to miss his leadership. One thing I I will say about Trevor, Grady's calm and collected. I have not seen him yell at guys that I saw Peyton Manning yell at. Mm -hmm. Manning was a a tough teammate at points, but he knew when to be a tough teammate. Um, And so that's just tough to replace. In terms of drafts for Elway, again, his first pick was or or is someone who I think at the end of his career is going to be the second best player in this organization's history of Vaughn Miller. Uh, Derek Wolf wasn't a terrible pick. Bradley Roby hasn't been a bad pick. Uh, You got Danny Trevathan, Malik Jackson. I mean, I think think in terms of the hits and misses, uh, yes, and they are all defensive players. Mm -hmm. So I think in terms of hits and misses, I'm not going to say he's had more misses or more hits. I think they could even out. But I will concede Elway, 
Elway's draft picks have been more favorable to the defensive side than the offensive side. And, um, you know, I think some of the biggest downfalls of organizations are when the higher-ups take over too much responsibility. I think that was a big problem with Shanahan at points. Um, and if, you know, I, I, I truly do think that John Elway is the person most capable of getting this team to a successful year-in, year-out team that people look up to and other teams like trying to emulate. But I don't think he should be doing it by himself, especially when it comes to talent evaluation on the offensive side and, and other things that he's been weak at. Um, but I think he is that type of guy to get a, a big name signing like Peyton Manning. I think you have to convince DeMarcus Ware a little bit to come to Denver, despite having Peyton Manning. Um, so it's just, I, I I see, I don't think, like you've said, I don't think he is as bulletproof if, as fans want to make him out to be. And I kind of understand that thinking. Uh, what about John Elway has been bad about, or has hurt this organization? You know, he's he's basically just been the really brightest star that this organization has had. Um, so I get that maybe he does deserve a free pass after all he's done, but you make a great point. He's he's starting to show his weaknesses are starting to show more than they have been the past five years. Absolutely, they are. And as I am, I've been in a fight with one hundred four three the fans, Mike Evans, <laughs> about all these things that we're talking Exhilarating. about for the last twenty four hours. Uh-huh. And I'm texting Mike right now because I want to break bread with him uh-huh. and call a truce. I am a lover, not a fighter, Ryan Green. But I think I think it's good that that fans are finally. I have not seen one in Elway we trust tweet in like the last yeah. six months, which right. is not the last six months. Well, most of this season I have not. Not in this past couple weeks. Not in the not in the losses. I think the Broncos ultimately, Ryan, will look at this season if they're smart, and Broncos fans should. As largely, you're asking a lot from them. I know it's, they're it's, uh, they're they're a they're a tough. That's group. an irrational bunch. Uh, as largely a waste, um, and that's that's disappointing because the opportunity was there, Ryan, for this team to make this season really good and really important in the same way that 1983 was an important season for the Broncos. Sure, they didn't do a lot that year, but you know what they did? They developed their highly drafted quarterback. <laughs> that's... And you know what he became? He became the greatest player in the history of this organization. Mm-hmm. A first ballot, no question, Hall of Famer. One of the great players that has ever played in this league. Because this team chose to take a year to give him the reins and to let him play. And it is a failure that that same highly drafted quarterback, nearly what, four decades later almost? Is it four eighty ninety? Oh, yeah, I don't know about four. Well, three and maybe, a half yeah. decades. All right. Oh God, we're old. Three uh. and a half decades later, <laughs> comes back and is faced with the same question, and instead decides to go the opposite way because he over he over evaluates the capabilities of his defense, which has been mush against the run to say been bad against the run the least, and that's hurt them in a number of ways. That is frustrating, and I would be horribly frustrated. If I were a Broncos fan, and I know that many are. If you are a frustrated Broncos fan, I want to hear from you. Hit me up on Twitter at Jake D. Marcy. You can hit Ryan up as well. At rgreen5280. No Kubiak sound on this on this pod today. I thought we would certainly use some Kubes. Hey, we had some things to say. We had some things that we've got to get out. 
we can play some Koob Sound tomorrow. I will I will probably do a solo pod tomorrow because cool. Ryan will be out and about. But I will be back here on Wednesday. Ryan, what's your plan look like for this week? Oh, I'll be there Wednesday and Thursday, and we'll see you on Friday. I don't know yet. We'll find out. But Ryan will be here Wednesday and Thursday. We'll do pods. Then uh, Kansas City, I guess. Uh, we got to talk about the Chiefs again. It feels like we just talked about the Chiefs because we did just talk about the Chiefs. Yeah. Got to talk about the Chiefs. Broncos backs against the wall. They need a miracle. We'll see if they can get it. Uh, I highly doubt it. This team is is just about cooked. We'll have to, to keep an eye out, though. If they can find a way to pull it out, you know that the Broncos blitz, myself, Ryan Green, 5280sportsnetwork.com, will certainly be there. But for now, and for everybody at uh, 5280 Sports Network, he's Ryan Green. He's Jake Marsick. This is 5280SN. Hot takes. Hashtag hot takes. (laughs)